It's 9 o'clock and it's time for Mav Day on the Jim Davis Show. Brought to you by Colorado Craft Coffee and Beer House at 1144 North 12th Street and Glenwood right across from CMU. Featuring only Colorado's best coffee and beer. They're open Monday through Thursday, 730 to 8. Friday and Saturday, 730 to 9. Sunday from 8 until noon. Perfect place to relax, unwind, enjoy a Colorado coffee or a Colorado craft beer. Perfect place to meet uh, your friends, Maverick fans, before and after the game. They have 16-ounce coffees and 16-ounce beers. They are, there's no charge for coffee add-ons, by the way, so keep that in mind. And they also have chai tea, decaf, and craft sodas all made in Colorado. If you want to try some of the great beers they have, they have beer flights. They have eight taps with new on-taps weekly. And they have their trivia nights every Friday night at 6.30. And another really incredible thing about uh, James and Amanda's place over Colorado Craft Coffee and Beer House you can bring your own food in and enjoy their great beers and coffees at Colorado Craft Coffee and Beer House, 1144 North 12th Street and Glenwood across from Colorado Mesa. So uh, coming up, we'll talk with Chris Hanks, Maverick baseball coach, also Mike DeGeorge, coach of the uh, Maverick men's basketball team. They're back into first place in uh, the RMAC after a weekend sweep of Regis and UCCS. So uh, uh, we'll have uh, Mike DeGeorge coming up. Also, we'll talk with Taylor Wagner, coach of the Maverick women's basketball team all right it's 901 and it's time to get things going with mav day with the skipper of the maverick baseball team chris hanks talking cmu baseball with mav skipper chris hanks on the team and with us right now on the team line coach of the Colorado mavericks baseball team chris hanks chris welcome back to town i've been back for a few days but uh welcome back after the trip to florida and uh facing rollins college you Unfortunately, uh, have to split in that, or you get uh, you lose those uh, final games of the of the series at uh, at Florida uh, to Rollins College. But uh, for your baseball team, early uh, solid competition out in Florida, and give us your appraisal of what you saw from your baseball team through the first uh, games of the season. Well, yeah, I think the guys did well. You know, if, uh, before the trip, uh, if you would have told me we'd split, I would take that down there early against a warm. Warm climate schools, both two of the two of the top three teams in that Sunshine Conference, Florida Southern and Rollins, as, as they're ranked preseason, uh, and I think that's probably pretty accurate. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll take it. I think we had an opportunity to win three out of the four. Uh, we also had a chance to to lose one other one. We could have gone one and three. So to get out uh, with a split, uh, we learned a lot about our ball club. We we faced. Uh, top-level competition, regional-type competition early. Uh, so, you know, we come home and make some adjustments and, and move forward. As I mentioned, uh, you, as you mentioned as well, Chris, 2-2 two and two with uh, the win at uh, Florida Southern College at Lakeland, Florida. You won that one in a close one, 4-3. to three. And then uh, beat Rollins College, your team, of course, number 8 in the nation, number 15, Rollins. You beat them 5-1, to one, lose a close one, 4-3, to three, and then lose the final game of the series, 13-4. to four. Uh, just give us uh, a sense of what you what you liked uh, and maybe what you didn't like from your pitching staff uh, when you were at Lakeland, Florida, and also at Winter Park. Well, I'll tell you, our pitching uh, the first three games was in the category of dominant. Uh, it was as good early season pitching as I've seen here, I'd say, in my coaching career. We were really pleased with that. Uh, you know, uh, I thought Kyle Miller in game uh, three did a nice job. Uh, Cade Nickel came in after him and got roughed up a little bit. Uh, uh, and then, you know, the Sunday start from Jacob Rhodes, who last year was uh, our number one a majority of the year. He couldn't 
he didn't he got through one inning and had trouble throwing strikes. We got down four nothing right out of the gates in the first inning, but our guys responded. Uh, but but I'll tell you, our pitching was a little knocked off kilter. We, you know, we were trying to get all starters uh, a minimum through three and hopefully four or more, and it really threw us off schedule. Uh, Ethan Voss and both uh, JJ Almeida came in, and for two innings each, they were dominant. And then we probably pushed them one inning too far, which. Uh, each of which was a result of just trying to uh, get down the game a little bit. Um, as you know, in the fourth game, you start to run uh, low on your options uh, to get through nine innings or more, possibly if you have extra. And that five to one went over Rollins. Uh, Cole Seward went the five innings, three hits, just one run. He had six strikeouts. He looked really good for you. Yeah, that was uh, probably Cole's best outing as a Maverick. Uh, you know, he was sitting 92 miles an hour the, the whole time. Uh, he was very dominant. Uh, he had command. Um, you know, we're, we did a really good job the first three games. Our strikeouts to walks, uh, our, our, those numbers were just phenomenal against some really good uh, offensive teams. So, you know, we, stu- we stubbed our toe a little bit to begin to start off in game four, and I guess that game four uh, is the only thing that really put a damper on the weekend. You opened up, as we referenced, with Florida Southern, and uh, last year's uh, RMAC freshman of the year, Liam Hohenstein, got the ball for you in that one. He went the five innings. Kind of some interesting numbers. Gave up six hits, gave up three runs. Two of those were earned, but he had seven strikeouts uh, in that game as well. But, you know, what, what was your takeaway from seeing Liam in his first start of the season in that first game against Florida Southern? I thought he did real well. You know, I think that uh, we may have gotten some bad scouting advice. Uh, you know, the way we pitched them, uh, uh, you know, as we talked to other coaches who knew their club, uh, the way we pitched them uh, w- was not effective. And so the majority of Liam's hits were off of his uh, his curveball, which he has a good curveball. You know, we were told they were a, a team that hunted fastballs and, uh, you know, they have big uphill swings. They're trying to hit home runs and doubles. And as it turned out, uh, I mean, I think probably four of, their, four of the six hits that Liam gave up were uh, breaking balls, which was surprising to us. So, um, but I thought Liam, uh, Liam had control of the game. I don't believe he walked anybody. And he had those strikeouts. And, and the hits, for the most part, were scattered a little bit. And, you know, we had some errors behind him as well. Chris Hanks, coach of the Cover Mesa baseball team, with us on the Team Sports Network. And uh, in that game against Rollins College, it won 5-1. to And kind of just the overall weekend, uh, Jonathan Gonzalez had a couple of hits, uh, drove in a run. I believe he had a, a three-hit game in one of the other games. Uh, Jonathan had a, a good weekend for you at the plate. Yeah, he did. Uh, John was one of our leading hitters on the weekend. It wasn't one of our better offensive weekends, but some of that's the result of facing high-level pitching and then playing at sea level. You know, I... In that first game against Florida Southern, uh, playing anywhere at sea level, I think we would have gotten out of that game with about four home runs. But as it turned out, we had three balls uh, get caught right at the wall. We had one, uh, Ethan Nunez, a freshman, uh, hit a triple in his first college at-bat that hit off the top of the wall. So, uh, you know, we we flew out a fair amount of times down there. You know, as you know, the ball just doesn't carry the way it does here. And which was a teaching point to our, our players because, you know, if we can uh, 
if we can get back to Cary, North Carolina, that's about how Cary plays, and Cary's an even bigger ballpark than the ones we played in. So there was a good opportunity in that to kind of illustrate to our guys, you know, what needs to happen. You mentioned the adjustments at the plate at sea level. What about your guys playing in the outfield and adjusting to to sea level as opposed to I mean the, the way the ball doesn't jump at sea level like it does here in, in Colorado? Well, yeah, you know, I think that uh, there were a few hits we gave up because our depth was maybe more geared towards, uh, you know, four or 5,000 feet, <laughs> and uh, a couple of balls fell in front of us, so... Uh, you know, we had talked to the kids about that, but, you know, guys get in a comfort level. They they have a depth that they're comfortable playing, and they have to get burned a time or two, and then they moved up. Uh, but, you know, when you play down there, it's it's hard to hit the ball over guys' heads. It just uh, obviously doesn't fly the same way it does here. Chris Hanks, coach of the Cover Mesa Mavericks baseball team with us on the Team Sports Network. Mavericks 2-2 two and two after the trip to Florida, and they come back home for the leadoff weekend presented by uh, Courtyard by Marriott. And uh, it's Montana State Billings that uh, you take on to uh, open up the home slate over at the Diamond of the Bergman Sports Complex. And right now, Montana State Billings, they're 1-5 in five in the season. Uh, they lost a couple of games to San Francisco State University, 6-1, to one, got shut out 10 to nothing, And then actually, they won one, excuse me, 6-1 to one, their first game, but lost 10 to nothing, And then 13-6. to six, And then played Chico State, a team obviously you're familiar with the uh, with the time in the West region, uh, played Chico State uh, pretty tough for the most part, did get hammered in the first game, but lost a two-run game and a one-run game to Chico State. So uh, maybe the, the record a little deceptive at 1-5 coming in, Chris. I don't think there's any question. Uh, we're familiar with their personnel. They have good personnel. They have pretty good pitching. They're well coached. Uh, you know, and you got to remember, they, they went on the road, and, uh, you know, they're, they're playing on the road, and, and they played Chico Two of the three Chico games they could have won. Um, and so, you know, it's, uh, as we told our players, it's it's a little bit of a trap week. I think the guys feel good overall about our performance in Florida. I wouldn't say great. But three out of four would have been great. Uh, split was good. But I think that, you know, thinking that you're coming home and playing at home against Montana Billings, who's one in five, and, thinking that it could be easy is a, is a would be a huge mistake. Chris Hanks, coach of the Cover Mesa Mavericks baseball team uh, with us. And in Montana State Billings, uh, they do have the uh, the GNAC uh, player of the week in Jack Naylor. Uh, Naylor uh, with uh, six RBIs, eight hits, and a pair of home runs. Um, and had a three-for-four four performance against San Francisco State. He comes in with a, a really hot bat uh, helping to lead this uh, Montana State Billings baseball team. Yeah, you know, they have some pop in their lineup now, and they got some speed as well. They have a, a good blend of power hitters and some speed guys. So, um, you know, we come home, and, you know, as we've been talking about, the ball will fly a, a little better here than where both of us played last week. So that's something we're going to have to take into consideration, but I think the ball will fly better for us as well. And with Naylor, he's got the, the two home runs, but he's also, uh, so far this season, hit three doubles. Uh, Bodie Wright for them, uh, Chris, is three doubles as well. So they got some guys that uh, will uh, will put some balls in the alleys. Yeah, you know, as I said, I, I think they're well coached. They have pretty good personnel. Uh, and for us to think that uh, we're just going to show up and win, 
you know, the, that that wouldn't be a, a good strategy. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about it. Uh, Chris Hanks, coach of the Maverick baseball team with us on the Team Sports Network from a pitching standpoint. Their uh, ERA a little bit uh, north of six. Uh, Jackson Betancourt for them has been their, their best arm here in the early stage of the season. He's got a 1.50 ERA. He's already picked up a win uh, this season. He started a couple of games. Uh, so Betancourt's been so far maybe their, their best arm here through the first six games. Yeah, and I would expect to either see him game one or game three. My guess would be game three. That's a seven-inning game, and um, that's kind of what we're anticipating. But, uh, you know, they have some guys in there that we are familiar with that were on the club last year. They have some pitchers that can uh, keep them in games. So uh, we'll just have to worry about ourselves and what we do and how we attack them and, uh, in those sorts of things. Chris Hanks, coach of the Maverick baseball team, with us today on the Team Sports Network. Uh, the leadoff weekend presented by Courtyard by Marriott with Montana State Billings starts on Thursday. We'll have uh, that game. Uh, Ray McClennan will join me for that one with pregame at 1245, 1 o'clock first pitch from the Diamond at the Bergman Sports Complex. So uh, we have the leadoff dinner. You have the leadoff dinner coming up Thursday, Chris. Uh, give folks some details about that. And are tickets still available to uh, go to the leadoff dinner? Well, we still have some available. They have to be purchased today. We're closing it down today. Uh, uh, we have to give the food service our, our final numbers and, and what they're faced with preparing. So at this point, people can go to the link. It's supportingcmu.com, uh, or they can uh, reach out to me at the baseball office or the athletic department. Um, you know, and uh, uh, But as I said, uh, we'll shut it down probably around 2 o'clock today. All right, so uh, once again, reach out to Chris or go to Supporting CMU to that to that link to get your tickets for the uh, the leadoff dinner and uh, give us a little uh, preview of what uh, people can expect if they have tickets or they're going to buy tickets of what's in store at the leadoff dinner on Thursday. Well, we, we say the dress is ballpark casual, which means dress however the heck you want. It's pretty laid back. That's, that's my favorite kind of attire, by the way. Whatever the heck I want, I like that. Yeah, we've had people show up in shorts and flip-flops and uh, uh, Tommy Bahama shirts before, and, and that's just great. We're, we're happy with that. However you dress going to the ballpark, we're going to introduce our team. We're going to give some awards uh, to some players from last year. Uh, we're going to have some good food, a couple of jokes. We're going to sing a little bit, uh, you know, and uh, some other good stuff. Will- Induct our Golden Cap members for this year. And who are some of those folks, by the way, the Golden Cap members? Well, if I revealed those, Jim, then they might find out. They don't even know. Oh, they don't know yet. Okay, that's they right. They don't know who they are. They don't know yet. Well, I don't want to uh, don't want to throw a monkey wrench into your plans here, so we'll uh, we'll keep that quiet until Thursday night. But uh, you said there's going to be singing. Will you be singing Thursday night? Uh, everybody will be singing. We, we, we start the night with a, a nice uh, take me out to the ball game. Uh, you know, and for people that don't know that song, we have a nice video with the words and a little baseball bouncing from word to word uh, for for people that have been under a rock somewhere and don't know that song. Uh, we don't judge them, but we are going to educate them. That's right. And that's, that's the important thing. Don't ridicule. Educate. I think that's important. Yeah, I like that, Chris. Or that's as it. we say, you want to laugh with, not at. Uh, well spoken. You know, is, is that would that would that fall into a skipism? 
Well, it would. You know, we talk to our guys about that. You know, when you start joking around with teammates, uh, we want to make sure we're laughing with them, not at them. Nobody likes being laughed at. So that sounds a little soft, I guess. You know, but we're in the new age here where we got to consider those sorts of things. <laughs> Unless you're picking on somebody like our uh, our old friend Curtis Beetleman, right? Then it's uh... Beetleman. Uh, uh, there, uh, Curtis Beetleman is an exception to that rule. We can laugh at him all we want, uh, and people that repetitively bring it upon themselves. There's a point where you got to laugh at them uh, because there's nothing else that's possible. Because sometimes they just have it coming. They do. They and, do. and you got to consider those. That would be the asterisk on that uh, <laughs> whole philosophy there. Yeah. But overall, it's a pretty nice way to look at things. Laughing with people, not at them. Uh, don't forget, uh, <laughs> you can get the tickets for the leadoff dinner uh, today until 2 o'clock. You can reach out to, to Chris over at uh, the baseball office or uh, supporting CMU, that link, uh, to get your tickets for the leadoff dinner Thursday. But we'll have coverage of the game uh, right here on the team, the, the opening game of the home schedule against Montana State Billings, 12.45 pregame coming up this Thursday. Looking forward to it. Chris, always appreciate it. Thank you so much, and go Mavs. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. All right, take care. Chris Hanks, coach of the eighth-ranked Colorado Mesa Mavericks baseball team. It's always a good day to laugh at Beetle. Yeah, it's always good. Pretty much much all the time. I believe he's supposed to be over here for the event. Is what, last time we texted, he said he was coming over for it, so... Hopefully get a chance to see our old colleague uh, when he's in town this yeah. weekend. All right, 917, Jim along with the Buckeye Boy. Text or call the show, 970-242-1340. Did we get a winner for our Wrigley Field Colorado sports trivia? We did. Okay. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the contest. It's another winner on the Team Sports Network. Our old buddy Howard identifying High Corbett Field. All right, so he gets a $15 gift certificate to Wrigley Field on North Avenue, just east of the ballpark. Is High Corbett, which originally was the uh, spring training home of the Cleveland Indians. Mm-hmm. Bill Vec convinced, uh, was the one that brought the Indians there to Tucson in 1947. A lot of it was because he had a ranch in Tucson at the time. And that uh, Vec and the players would sometimes ride Vec's horses to games. He also said he moved the team's training camp from Florida to Arizona to avoid Florida's Jim Crow laws at that time. Yeah, that's a good reason. Because eventually he would have he would have Larry Doby, mm-hmm. the first black player in the American League, playing for Cleveland. All right, nine nineteen. We will take a break. We'll come back and Colorado uh, Mesa men's basketball coach Mike DeGeorge will join us next on Mav Day. It's brought to you by Colorado Craft Coffee and Beer House, 1144 North 12th and Glenwood. Perfect place to uh, find your fellow Maverick fans before and after the game. If you're just looking for a great cup of Colorado coffee or a great Colorado Craft beer, stop by and see James today over at Colorado Craft Coffee and Beer House. Once again, that's 1144 North 12th Street and Glenwood across from Colorado Mesa. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. Good morning, gentlemen. What are the haps? The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Talking Colorado Mesa men's hoops with Mavs coach Mike DeGeorge on the team. Joining us right now the team line, his team back into first place in the RMAC after a weekend sweep at Regis and UCCS. Mike DeGeorge joins us. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for having me, Jim. 
you have to be feeling great. Your team goes on the road. You get two big wins. You're back into a first-place tie atop the Armac. Uh, really good win against Regis, and then uh, just really took care of business in Calderwood Springs against UCCS this past weekend. Yes, it was a great weekend, and uh, I think we led for like over seven, like 78 or 79 minutes, you know, to go on the road against two teams, you know, battling uh, to extend their seasons and make the postseason in the conference tournament. You know, it was really just a quality effort both nights, very mature uh, kind of approach by the group, so really pleased with their effort. Well, let's talk about the Regis victory first, where Owen Coons, Isaac Jessup, uh, they combined for, for 41 points in that game. Uh, Isaac uh, hit four threes. Uh, Owen hit a three in that game, so they combined for five threes as well. Those two had a, a really solid night against the Rangers. Yeah, for sure, and it has been great to see them both. It's kind of, you know, you're going to have Evan flow throughout the season, and it's kind of been just a little bit frustrated with their shooting, and then, um, you know, it's just great to see them both get off to a good start, really engaged, played with tremendous confidence, and it led to great results. Well, you grabbed the lead early on, and then part of that was, hey, shot the three ball, but also you hit 15 to 17 free throws, and so that really got you off to a good start in the first half in that win against Regis. Yeah, we were aggressive getting downhill, and it led to a lot of plans. So, um, you know, we, we took advantage of uh, some advantage situations, and, and it led to both high-percentage threes and also us getting fouled a lot. And then uh, you, you go to UCCS and uh, pick up a, a, a pretty uh, comfortable win there, 92-72, to 72, where uh, Trevor Baskin, who had 18 points against Regis, had 17 points against uh, the Mountain Lions. But uh, Michael McCurry, Mick McCurry, a really good game, who's a guy that's uh, battled some, uh, some illness, a guy that's battled some injuries. But Mick with uh, 14 points off the bench for you. Uh, Aiden Cole in a starting role, once again, 14 points as well. But uh, Mick McCurry giving you a nice lift off the bench in that game. Yeah, just to start with Trevor Baskin, I just thought he had his next weekend of the year. He really just made great decisions. He, he attacked when he needed to attack. He moved the ball when he needed to move the ball. Uh, he really impacted the game against Regis defensively and was able to, with a backside rotation, that kind of altered their game plan and what they were trying to get done. And, you know, and then it's just all weekend long. He was just fantastic. And then, yeah, both, uh, it's great to see him back out there and, and solidifying a role in the rotation. And, um, you know, him and uh, Aiden Cole both had uh, some big shots for us and, and uh, played all, all weekend. Mike DeGeorge, coach of the Maverick men's basketball team with us. Uh, and and for, uh, for Mick McCurry, it was a career high with the, with the 14 points. Uh, so is, we talked about a lot, Mike. Uh, you've, you've had a lot of players uh, get, get minutes uh, coming off the bench. Sometimes it's been a, a, a pleasant problem. Sometimes it's been a challenge trying to figure out your exact rotation as you head toward the end of the regular season, toward the RMAC tournament, and eventually, uh, of course, uh, moving on to the NCAA tournament, uh, the, the feeling about your rotation and where it's at right now, is it still somewhat a work in progress, do you feel, or, or you and Kyle feel like you've got it, got a, a better handle, particularly after this last weekend, of, uh, as we get here to the end of the regular season, of, of what that, that looks like coming off the bench for you? Yeah, I mean, the major decision we've made is we're just going to try to play nine guys in a game and then just kind of go with that rotation. And we feel like Christopher Speller's been playing great and he's really solidified himself. And Reese Johnson is kind of back to being himself and he's solidified himself. We really wanted to give Mick that opportunity and he's done a great job. Um, you know, and, uh, and Elijah Newton has been really good off the bench at the threat of his shooting and, and has been good. And so, 
Um, you know, so we do feel like we're getting closer there. And, you know, uh, Christian Speller has been kind of a wild card this year. He's had some great moments. And then, you know, there are times where he's not uh, is consistent executing the things we want. And then we're, you know, still trying to help Ethan Menzies get a little bit more comfortable in game mode. Uh, and, and, you know, I think if we could see in the games what we've seen from him in practice, he can have a contributing role as well. And hopefully that will continue to uh, improve and get easier for him. Um, so, you know, I just listed like 12 guys. So we got to, you know, pick nine and, and feel going confident that they're the right nine for that particular matchup on that night. But for those other couple of guys, uh, you know, 10, 11, 12, always be ready, right? Because you never know foul trouble, injury, things like that, where they, they've got to keep themselves with a, with a mindset that while they, they may not be told from the get-go, you're going you know, to get this many minutes tonight, got to always be prepared because particularly this time of the year, you never know. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why historically I've really tried to keep a larger playing rotation, you know, a little longer than I'd like to. You know, your competitive spirit wants to just kind of hone in and get those eight guys that you really want to uh, compete, that are competing at the highest level, and play those eight. But just never know what's going to happen and who you're going to need down the stretch. So we've really tried to keep this group um, as integrated as possible, and we're starting to feel like it's the time to start reducing that. But again... Like you said, any given night, you could be called on and you got to be ready. Mike DeGeorge, coach of the Colorado Mesa men's basketball team with us on the Team Sports Network. So uh, second time around against Colorado School of Mines and also uh, Metro State. As far as Colorado School of Mines, you beat them uh, over at Lockridge uh, back uh, on December 1st, 86-79. to And so it's uh, Colorado School of Mines, and you look at the standings right now with your sweep of this last weekend, uh, you moved into that uh, first-place tie with Fort Lewis at 15-1. and but there's Colorado School of Mines, Mike. The Ordiggers lurking right behind you a couple of games back, a 14-3 record for the Ordiggers coming into the weekend. Yeah, I mean, it's a typical Mines team. They're, they're really big and uh, physical, and, and they love to play through the post, and they got great scoring at the wings, and they have an elite point guard. So, you know, all of it is, uh, is really challenging. And, um, you know, they had a, a tough loss on Friday night. Black Hills got them at, at home and really just shot the heck out of the ball against them. So, you know, every time they face adversity, you know, Prior is going to have them just playing uh, at that next uh, that next level, and they'll grow from from whatever um, adversity they face. So we know they'll come in and compete at a really high level, and and uh, you know we'll have to be at our best to, to win. Last time out, they had four players in double figures, led by Cade Mankel with his 15 points, but uh, had a little bit of the the edge on the glass in that game, about uh, four or five rebounds better, and of course rebounding will once again be a, a big factor in this one. Yeah, and, you know, we, we just, it's been a, we've been a good rebounding team. And, you know, with the amount of threes that we're taking um, and trying to play in advantage situations when, to get those threes, you know, there are just lots of windows to get to offensive rebounds. And we just have to sustain our effort to the offensive glass. And, you know, with their size, you know, saw it against UCCS on uh, Saturday, they're just the length and, and athleticism that UCCS has. It really made it hard to get some of those offensive rebounds. And we'll have a similar, you know, challenge against Mines. And we just got to be able to sustain that approach where we're getting four to the glass and really competing there. And then the defensive end, you know, we really track how often you box out. And our uh, box out rate isn't good enough. And, and we just really need to get that up. And, you know, that will definitely be a key. And, and the guys are working hard to improve in those areas. Mavericks men's basketball coach Mike DeGeorge joining us on Mav Day on the Jim Davis Show. Second half of that game against Mines. 
shot a couple percentage points better from the field and nearly 15% better from beyond the arc. What did you guys notice in that first half that is something that maybe they're still kind of doing that you can take advantage of if you want to, you know, spill trade secrets, if you will? Yeah, I don't know if there's any rocket science behind it. I mean, we did not get off to a very good start in that game, and uh, I think we were down 26 to 15, and then we really finished the half on a strong run, and then offensively we were pretty good in that second half um, and, uh, you know, just playing with pace and and tempo uh, and kind of getting them spread out. And then, you know, one of the things they did, it just took us a little bit to – to adjust to it they usually pack the paint on us and just really swarm with any kind of an advantage just swarm the ball and they really did the opposite they really guarded the arc uh and so trevor baskin had a huge game and and really was able to take advantage inside as the game went they went back to more and more of their traditional sort of style and so you know we'll see what they decide to do teams have kind of done one or the other they just kind of pack it in and hope we don't make threes or they really try to get out and guard the arc and then uh you know we're able to play one-on-one when we uh get advantages in the paint so you know we really don't know what they're going to do and we just got to be ready to adjust and that was one of the adjustments we made last time we were able to just be a little bit more aggressive tacking one-on-one because they weren't weren't helping off shooters at all maverick men's basketball coach mike DeGeorge with us on the team sports network and then Saturday, you uh, have Metro State uh, when you play them back on December 2nd at their place. A signature early season win for your team, Mike, because they were the eighth-ranked team in the nation at that time. You get the 85-82 to 82 victory where Matt Rineker, uh had a, an outstanding game, 20 points. Owen Coons had 15. You had, uh, in total, you had five guys in double figures. Uh, uh, Mick McCurry, who just referenced, uh, had one of his better games. He had 12 points off the bench for you. So uh, it's a Metro State team that uh, currently comes in Right now, with a nine and seven record in in conference play, uh, they're they're fifteen and seven. They're right behind the Colorado School of Mines, uh, and they're tied with Black Hill State right now. Metro State is in the conference standing. So, once again, another one of these teams that's toward the the upper half of the conference, and as everybody's starting to to vie for position when the RMAC tournament rolls around. Yeah, they're a very talented team, and it's a really meaningful game. They're also, you know, in contention still for the NCAA tournament. They also got West beat West Texas, the only team to do that this year. So, um, you know, their their rankings are high. They're still, I think, will probably the eighth in the rankings for the region um, if they did it today. So, it's a very meaningful game for them. Uh, obviously, it's meaningful for us too, trying to win a conference championship. And so, you know, they're a very talented team, and and you know, they've had their ups and downs this year with some injuries and. And tough losses, but they're still in contention uh, to kind of accomplish everything they'd want to on the year. And so, you know, it'll be a it'll, it'll be a great test for us. And a couple of guys that uh, that had good games the last time out for them. Caleb McGill uh, hit a couple of threes in that game. He had 14 points. Also, Ryan Maslow had a, a couple of threes as well for them, but uh, he only had the six points. But he hit two threes, and so uh, showed some ability to to, to to shoot the three ball and, and make some plays from the perimeter. But uh, Braden Maldonado. Uh, continues to have a really strong season. He played 31 minutes in that last game against you, Mike, and he had 15 points, four rebounds, and and five assists in that game. Yeah, McGill and Maldonado kind of make him go offensively, and um, you know uh, McGill had had an illness there for a while, wasn't was out for a bit, and then I think you know when he first came back, he didn't have some of his stronger games of the year, and but those two when they have big offensive games, you know it tends to uh, really. Uh, fuel them and so you know and that's a big challenge uh, mcgill's physicality inside and versatility to step out 
Jackson and Maldonado is just a dynamic sco- uh, shooting guard that can really get his own shot and hit tough shots. And so, you know, it's you really got to be ready to, to, to guard those two. And then, you know, there are other guys really understand their roles and they're very good at it. And, uh, and they're just very disciplined, well-coached team. And uh, one of those guys that's played well. He's the uh, currently the RMAC uh, Defensive Player of the Week. Well, you know, somebody else besides Mac Rineker wins the RMAC Defensive Player of the Week award. If that was just the Mac Rineker award, uh, Mario <laughs> Mario Lacy Jr. Uh, for them uh, earning the RMAC Defensive Player of the Week, and so uh, twelve points, nine rebounds, a couple of blocks in the win against South Dakota Mines, and then he had eight rebounds and two more blocks in the win against Black Hill State. So Mario Lacy's played uh, well for them the last uh, couple of weeks. Yeah, he's a, you know, he's a long, very athletic big that, uh, you know, again, really does know his role. He's a great screen and roll threat. He's a shot blocker. He's a rebounder. And, uh, you know, he really uh, is impactful in the game. So I've coverage both nights, uh, Friday with Cutler School of Mines, Saturday with Metro State on the Team CMU Sports Network. Coverage both nights uh, begins at 515 with the women. They'll tip it at 530 minutes, 730 right here on the Team CMU Sports Network, presented by Ken Richards State Farm. Mike, I appreciate the time as always, and uh, good luck this weekend. All right, thanks, Jim. All right, Mike DeGeorge, coach of the Maverick men's basketball team. We'll talk with Taylor Wagner coming up in just a moment uh, here on Mav Day, brought to you by Cutterbutter Craft Coffee and Beer House, 1144 North 12th Street and Glenwood across from CMU with uh, exclusively Colorado coffee and beer. Stop by and see James and Amanda today. And uh, that leads us to playing Herd Trivia today, by the way. And uh, first correct answer on the team line, 970-242-1340. You win a coffee or a beer, one a week for a month from Colorado Craft Coffee and Beer House. So you can go in there and try one of their great Colorado coffees, one of their great Colorado Craft beers, a Colorado Craft Coffee and Beer House. So uh, we had Chris Hanks on earlier. So here's the Herd Trivia question. And it's multiple choice. We try to make it a little... A little easier for you. Yeah. So Chris Hanks has the most wins in Mesa baseball history and over 1,031 victories. Who's second in all-time coaching wins at Mesa College, going back to the junior college days all the way through uh, the NAI era in 1975 to, of course, now the NCAA period for the Mavericks since the early 1990s. So who's second behind Chris Hanks? Is it... Buzz Bergman, Joe Giratano, or Byron Weehy. Chris Hanks has the most wins in Mesa baseball history, over 1,031. Who is second? Is it Buzz Bergman, Joe Giratano, or Byron Weehy? So like all the rest of the contests, if you won the last two weeks, don't play. This is a contest where, yes, there's beer, but there's also coffee, so there's mm-hmm. not an age restriction on this. So you don't have to be 21. So... Who is who has the second most wins in Mesa baseball history as a coach behind Chris Hanks? Bus Bergman, Joe Giratano, or Byron Weehy? Send your answer in now. First correct answer wins. It's Herd Trivia brought to you by Cutterbird Craft Coffee and Beer House, 970-242-1340. All right. It's time to uh, dive into four-down territory. We're into four-down territory on the Jim Davis Show on the team. All right. We touched on this the other day that uh, there's the ESPN, Fox, Warner Brothers yeah. streaming venture. The Super Mega Bundle, or whatever they're going to call it. Yeah, whatever they're going to call the thing. The NFL is not happy because the NFL was not informed by ESPN, Fox, 
and Warner Brothers Discovery, more the other two because they're big-time partners in the NFL, that this was going to be a thing. And that uh, according to uh, the website Awful Announcing, that um, the one of the representatives on this, that uh, I'm trying to think which, it's ESPN chairman Jerry, or excuse me, Jimmy Pataro, that Jimmy Pataro from ESPN uh, said he sp- spoke to Commissioner Roger Goodell and Chief Business Officer Brian Rolap to alert them to the deal hours before it's officially announced. During the call, NFL execs made it clear to Patero that they were unhappy about being left in the dark. Also, that they felt blindsided by the movie, even having lawyers attempting to find out whether the media companies were within their legal rights to launch such a service without their knowledge. Ooh, that's the last thing you want to do. Yeah, that's not good. Ticking the NFL off. Not good at all. I mean, that's for both Fox and ESPN. The NFL relationship is should it's their it's number crucial. one. It's their number one relationship. Yeah. And to to not let them know, hey, we're going to do this. What's your reaction to this? Or there was time to change course or whatever. Mm-hmm. Man. Sounds like they just they, they were like, oh, by the way, we're doing this. Yeah. Hey, by the way, NFL, we're uh we're we're partnering with our competition. Oh, and when we offer for media rights, it's going to be lowball. Uh-huh. Second down, remember Spencer Dinwiddie, former CU Buffs basketball player? Vaguely. Yeah. Unfortunately for his NBA career. Yeah. Apparently he had a choice of two teams once he was weighed by the Toronto Raptors. He chose the Lakers over the Dallas Mavericks. He did it for a very interesting reason. Dinwiddie told reporters the sign with the Mavericks would have been the easier, more comfortable choice but he felt he needed the greater challenge of joining the Lakers. The two situations kind of felt like this. Let's say you're a kid and you get your butt whooped by the bully. Dallas would have been your mama like being, it's okay, baby, don't worry. Lakers are like your dad. Now you better go out there and fight until you win. You feel me? And it felt like that was what I needed at the time. So how does that make Luca and Mavs feel? Like what, we're not, we're not going to, challenge you to be your best you here that's a weird metaphor why don't you just go with you know i played in dallas for 76 games already i want something new i want to try yeah and i thought lebron ad the lakers yeah i'm ready for that i'm ready for that that situation maybe he just is tired of Kyrie irving maybe maybe that's why he didn't want to go to dallas because he was front row to the Kyrie Irving show in Brooklyn for a little bit. So he's like, okay, I think I'm good. Doesn't want anything to do with that. Dinwiddie, by the way, averaging 12.6 points per game for Brooklyn before he got sent to Toronto. He's three times top 20 most improved player. That's that's not good. No. No, it's not. Not be improved enough to win it, but three years in a row voted most improved player, and the votes got worse every year. Anyway. I loved Spencer Dinwiddie in college. Super Bowl alternate broadcast. The SpongeBob and Patrick Starr fish cast seemed pretty fun. Who's cattle? You have to firmly grasp it. Firmly grasp it. Firmly grasp it. You have to firmly firmly uh, grasp it. Nate Burleson on the hook. Does this look dangerous? Bill Foggerbaki. Won the Super Bowl, I think. He, oh, he had, a, he had a great week. Pat, yeah, Patrick Starr. It was, uh, it was a whole lot of fun. Now, 
it's coming out that the NBA is doing an alternate broadcast for the All-Star Game. Have you heard this? Have you seen this? I have not. It's going to be Charles Barkley and Draymond Green. Not sure how I feel about that. I'm kind of... My Draymond Cup is full for this season. So I'm not sure whether I'm going to click over to True TV to watch Charles and Draymond watch the All-Star Game. Will it live up no. to the expectations of like a Manning cast? I don't, nope. I, I don't, I don't think so. And I, I love Chuck. Draymond, eh. yeah. But I love Chuck. I just, yeah, I just don't, I don't know how it's going to work My out. My cup is full of Draymond. I don't need that cup to run us over. Chuck, I could always use another top me off mm-hmm. with some more Chuck Barkley. Although, I am now on board for a Homer Simpson alternate broadcast for the next Fox Super Bowl. I do kind of want to see that. I want to make that happen. That would be intriguing, yes. I think I think I would enjoy watching that as well. Could they get like the Simpsons and like the Bob's Burger? Yeah, get H. John Benjamin, Seth MacFarlane, get them all there. Get them, get them all there. Get Family Guy, get them yeah. all there. That could be fun. My favorite crossover from those three peter griffin with the why are all why are my prices different oh those are the emmy winners discounts i'll just have toast (laughs) all right that's your fourth one right yeah that was my fourth. okay so it's time for this day in sports history that's the story of the greatest sport moment of all of history it's time to take a trip back in time it's this day in sports history All right, 1923, the New York Renaissance, the first all-black professional basketball team is organized. The Rens become one of the dominant basketball teams of the 20s and 30s. 1937, the NFL Redskins moved from Boston to Washington. On this day, 1975, Boston's Bobby Orr gets an assist in the Bruins' 3-1 loss to the Buffalo Sabres to become the first player in NHL history to reach 100 points in six consecutive seasons. It's a final 100-point season of his career. And 1977, Julius Irving playing in his first NBA All-Star game is voted MVP despite his East team losing 125 to 124. Irving scores 30 points and grabs 12 rebounds. All right, 944, wrap up Mav Day with uh, CMU women's coach Taylor Wagner. That's next on the Jim Davis Show. Sports leader. Whoever suggested that has got to be smoking crack and plenty of it. The team. Talking Colorado Mesa women's hoops with Mavs coach Taylor Wagner on the team. And with us right now on the team line, he's head coach of the Maverick women's basketball team, Taylor Wagner. Good morning, Taylor. How are you? Good. How you doing? Uh, Doing fine. Uh, A frustrating weekend for your basketball team because you get that big win against Regis. You move into second place. Black Hill State knocks off the Colorado School of Mines and, you know, like what, a half game out. And then, unfortunately... A rough shooting night at UCCS caused you to lose some of that ground that you gained with that win against Regis. So uh, definitely a uh, a bittersweet, kind of frustrating weekend for your basketball team. Yeah, you know, I mean, we're having opportunities to really improve where we're at in the standings, and we just haven't taken advantage of them. You know, I look at the UCCS game, even that Colorado Christian game a couple weeks ago, you know, and we have a 10-point lead in that game, and but we, we're getting our opportunities, and um, I don't think we're taking advantage of them right now. So, you know, we, we've got to do a great job. We've got a big week coming up, but, uh, you know, hopefully we can learn a little bit. And just haven't shot the ball very well 
on the road this year, and uh, that's been one of our struggles. We'll go to the the Regis game where defensively you have to be really happy with what you saw with the 62-51 to 51 victory. Mason Rowland had 24 points. And then Claire Heitschmidt uh, with a uh, Maverick career best, 17 points. But uh, on the defensive end, I know uh, that uh, just, you know, with, you know reading a little bit and, and looking at the box score, got to be happy with what you saw from your team and what they did on that end of the floor against the Rangers. Yeah, you know, I mean, that first quarter we held them to three points. I think they were one for 15 shooting that and that really kind of did him in and i and, and then the second quarter we did another great job defensively and um and then we kind of held on after that i know we just kind of won the third and the fourth quarter but uh we started really strong defensively and i was really proud of our group and then moving on to the uccs game that you lose in a a, a tough fashion 55 to 51 claire heitschmidt she had 17 the night before. Then she goes out and adds to that with an 18-point an game and a career best as a Maverick uh, in that game against UCCS. Mason Rowland had 20 points. But uh, Mason White, Olivia Reed, they just kind of uh, went at it all night long. Uh, Olivia just had uh, the six points in the game. They kind of uh, White and, and, and Olivia kind of neutralized each other in that uh, game. Plus, along with some cold shooting by your basketball team, really hurting that loss to the Mountain Lions. They did. You know, we... we we're we weren't very good <laughs> you know we were three for 23 from the three-point line um, we struggled all night i know we went one for 13 in the fourth quarter uh from the field and so we've got to be able to shoot it on the road and uccs did a great job defending us they were really physical um you mentioned you know olivia and kind of struggling down in the post i, I felt like they were physical with her um, but you know we had a chance with four seconds to to tie the ball game and um, you know we miss that shot and um, we've been telling our girls all year long it comes down to one or two possessions and we've really got to be locked in and laser focused moving forward Codron Mesa women's basketball coach Taylor Wagner with us on the team sports network so it's uh, Codron School of Mines uh, they're 14 and 3 and they were able to bounce back and get a win against South Dakota School of Mines uh, last weekend they're at fourteen and three uh, in the conference. Regis is thirteen and four. UCCS thirteen and four, and you're twelve and four right now in the conference. And so, uh, go back to that uh, double overtime game that you had against Colorado School of Mines. You lose at eighty nine eighty five, and so now you get a, a second crack at them, uh, Taylor. This time you get them at uh, Brownson Arena, where you guys have been very tough this season. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like too, and you know, the regular season still wide open. There's six games left. And uh, we've just got to take care of business. And like you said, we've played well here at home. And um, hopefully we, you know, are focused all week. We have a great week of practice. And we're prepared for, um, you know, Colorado School of Mines on, on Friday, who's, who's playing well. And, that you know, they've got great leadership on that team. And um, But I think one thing that we've got to really, we've got to put together two really good games. You know, we, we've done a good job on the road on, on Friday and then Saturday we don't show up. And this weekend we've, we've got to show up for both games. And that Colorado School of Mines game, Ashley Steffick, who's had a sensational season, she had 25 points. Uh, Shelby Nichols had 12, and Jenna Siebert had, had 19 points. They also had uh, Emma Sixta that had 12 points off the bench in that game. And it is one of those cases where Steffick's probably going to get hers to a certain degree. It's, it's really trying to limit everybody else, which didn't happen the last time you played them over at Lockridge. No, it didn't. You know, and 
And then going into double overtime, I think they kind of went off a little bit too. But we've got to keep everybody in check. You know, we can't give people career nights. And um, Stefik is hard to guard. She's a great player. And, you know, when when they need a bucket or when they need something to happen, um, they put the ball in her hands and she does a great job. And she's been doing that now. This is her fifth year. So she's been playing really well for them. And, but I, I agree with you. We've got to keep everybody else in check and not let them go off. Taylor Wagner, coach of the Colorado Mesa women's basketball team, with us on the Team Sports Network. And then Saturday, it's uh, Metro State. And then when you played Metro State previously, you won by by 20 against them, Taylor. And they only had one player in, in double figures, and that was um, Michaela Espinosa with her 14 points. Uh, she had a couple of threes in that game, but uh, really your team with, with 26 points off the bench. And, and uh, you know, Josie Stedman uh, carried a big uh, chunk of that with 17 points off the bench in that game that uh, the recipe is the same uh, against the Roadrunners this time, once again, uh, going out and just clamping down on them defensively because really outside of uh, Espinosa, they don't have a, a, a tremendous amount of scoring firepower in that lineup. No, um, they do have two girls back that, uh, that were hurt when we played them and Bonds. Um, she's played for them for a few years now, and she's a really tough guard. She's, she's a big guard for them, and... Um, she's a great defender. Her and Espinosa are great defenders. They turn their defense into offense, and so we've really, we've really got to make sure that we don't turn the ball over against them. And Espinosa's had a couple thirty-point games since we played uh, them earlier in the year, and they'll be ready for us. Um, they're playing better. Like I, I mentioned, the two girls are back. I, I feel like they kind of know their roles a little bit better, and they beat some teams and they played some really close games. And they're getting better, and, and uh, you know, Tanya always does a great job coaching them. And like we talked about, where your your team was just like a half game out of first place last weekend uh, after that one against Regis and then slipped back a little bit after the loss to UCCS. I mean, with, with the six games left in the season, this is, like you were referencing, Taylor, this is wide open. There's still an opportunity to, to win an RMAC regular season title, host in the RMAC tournament. But, it, like you said, it's, it's putting together back-to-back games and, and finishing strong on a Saturday and not just having a great one on a Friday and then going out and, and struggling on a Saturday. Yeah, you're exactly right. We've, we've got to really take care of business, be locked in. I mean, our defense can pick up. We can, I think we can be a whole lot better on, on the defensive side. And, um, you know, and then really we've, we've struggled. When we've lost, we've just shot poorly from the three-point line. You know, we had a three for 23 couple other times we were four for 25 four for 26 you know we've, we've got to be able to hit shots that opens everything up um you know it opens it up for olivia it opens up for the girls drive into the basket so you know we always seem to shoot it better at home but um you know we our focus is we, we've got to come together as a team and really kind of hit our stride right now i like coverage of both nights friday and saturday on the Team CMU Sports Network presented by Ken Richard State Farm. Taylor, appreciate it. Good luck this weekend. Thank you. All right, Taylor Wagner, coach of the Maverick women's basketball team. All right, wrapping up Mav Day brought to you by Colorado Craft Coffee and Beer. Do we have a winner for Herd Trivia, by the way? We do. Okay, let me hit this real quick. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the contest. It's another winner on the Team Sports Network. Steve with the correct answer, Byron Weehee. That's right, Byron Weehy, 537 victories. Then it was uh, Bus Bergman, Joe Geritano, but Chris Hanks, the winningest coach mm-hmm. in MAV history. 
And that's our show for today. Jim Rome coming up next. And don't forget Palisade Eagle Valley tonight on the team pregame at 515 from the Doghouse.